Hey everyone, welcome back to Swearing Mamas. Uh, this is Lauren. I am still missing Lindsay, but this week I have a very special guest, one of my other closest friends, Caroline. Hi everyone. So, um, Caroline, did you want to go ahead and tell us like a little bit about yourself, your YouTube channel, what all, all you got going on? Yes, my name is Caroline. I have a YouTube channel called Naturally Caroline Pemberton, and I really discuss sustainability, um, vegan life, parenting, um, weight loss, a whole slew of things. So you really get to know my life if you check out my channel. So um, yeah, if you want to go check that out, please feel free and subscribe if you would like to see more. Awesome. And I'll link it in our uh, show notes too. So Definitely follow her. Um, so today we're going to be talking about something that we kind of have in common, which is raising our kids vegan. Yay! Um, <laughs> so to start, Caroline, what's your experience? Like what made you decide to go vegan yourself? Well, in the beginning, I went more a plant-based diet. So there's a difference for me between being vegan and eating a plant-based diet. So for me in the beginning, it was just fully health. Um, I was focused on eating healthier, taking care of myself and losing weight and um, eating closer to the source. So eating whole foods. However, over time, the longer I was eating that lifestyle, I um, merged into being an ethical vegan. So being vegan for all those reasons. And, um, yeah, that really drew me to it and I've continued there since. Is that just like for the animals or? For the animals and for the environment and for my health and my child's health as well. Um, I feel like it's a moral obligation of mine. I feel that way too. I think some people, when we say that, think that we are like, shaming them taking the higher ground (laughs) yeah but it's it's not so much that for me as like that's just non-option like to me that's how I feel it has to be exactly the more I learned the more I couldn't keep my eyes closed anymore so I have plenty of friends and family members who are not vegan and I don't shame them for what they do and you know if they want to try my food that's great if not that's up to them because I have to remember that I was not vegan for a long time and so I'm not going to shame anyone for eating how they feel is right yeah because you're tell me about your family because you kind of have a mixed bag Yeah, so, well, I was raised by a non-vegan mom and a pescatarian dad. So my dad ate fish. Well, he really ate fish, dairy, and eggs. So he really just didn't eat chicken and pork and beef. Um, And, yeah, so over time, my sister and I came to eat more plants than meat and dairy products. And, um, And, yeah, so our family's been pretty mixed all my life. And my husband, when I met him, he is a big southern eater so meat and potatoes and all of the animal products is what he and his family have been focused on yeah when people always ask me like oh is your husband vegan i'm like my husband literally ate bear the other day (laughs) he's not vegan i could not no no too much for me (laughs) but also like when we talked we were talking about the environmental impact i think like even with our husbands cutting down 
their yes. consumption, it makes a different, a really big difference. It does. It makes a really big difference. Just if you even change one day a week of not eating any animal products, it can um, cut out your impact on the environment drastically. Yeah. Awesome. So what kind of made you decide that you were going to raise your child to be vegan too? Well, for me, I had been back and forth for a while. So I lived with my husband's parents and it was very hard cooking for just myself. I was cooking for vegan for one. Um, so I struggled and my motivation, um, slipped because seeing them eat meat and consume animal products, it was difficult for me to stay focused. I would almost block it out in a way when they were eating. Um, so it was very distracting. And so really just, refocus myself. Um, after, well, when I was pregnant, I was still eating some animal products, but some after Chick-fil-A milkshakes. Yeah. I remember. Yep. <laughs> they were definitely satisfying my cravings <laughs> at this point. Oh yeah. But, um, after my son was born, um, I really refocused because I don't want to live against my own morals and really block out and disconnect from what I'm eating. And so, um, once I refocused with that and kind of realigned myself with my own morals, I felt, felt a lot better about it. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel that. Okay. So how do you feel like it differs now with like meal planning and meal prep versus if you were to still, (laughs) if you're still, um, like eating, eating animal products? Meal prepping for me, I have to be a little bit more conscious, um, And at first it was a little frustrating because if I wasn't prepared, if I went out running errands, I'd be, um, really craving food or be hungry and have to wait till I got back home. Um, because I couldn't really stop anywhere without knowing where I was going ahead of time. But now I make most of our meals, probably 90% of our meals we make at home. And, Yeah, I got in the habit of making um, almond milk and making our meals from scratch, and it just became a routine, really resetting my habits. Um, And once I did that, it became a lot easier. Yeah, I feel like it's it's hard when people try and, like, dive in and immediately just change everything that they eat and all the way that they eat. But, like, for me, whenever I made the switch it was like learning one thing at a time like first I learned how to make tofu scramble and then I was like oh tofu is not as scary as I thought so like I could all you eat is tofu (laughs) (laughs) can make other things with it and then learning like you know making our own broths and things like it's a lot less big than it seems if you just kind of take it a step at a time so I mean like for you if you weren't eating vegan you probably still make those things from scratch you think Yeah, exactly. I was big on, again, going back to more whole foods um, at that point anyway. And so I did make a lot from scratch then. But when I first went vegan, I really tripped myself out and tried to go full force and Mm -hmm. make everything from scratch. And I really overwhelmed myself and became discouraged. So I really recommend taking it slow, like Lauren said, and um, really just focusing on replacing some of the foods you eat already, and then slowly learn to make new foods over time. And that way you can really get a hang of it and not get discouraged. Yeah. For me, it was always like one ingredient or technique at a time. And it's so funny Mm -hmm. because I think everything sounds like so much more intimidating than it is. (laughs) Yes. Like I avoided buying nutritional yeast for like 
pro- at least a year. <laughs> and then I finally got it, and literally you just sprinkle it. <laughs> I was like, One why of the was that? Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's just kind of the same with like pressing tofu. For mm-hmm. example, it's like set it on a plate, putting something heavy on top. Yeah, and the nice part is, especially with like nutritional yeast and tofu, I grew up with that from my dad, and so I, I already had an upper hand and learned learned that pretty early on. But it it really is a lot easier. Some of the ingredients you'll hear like liquid aminos or coconut aminos, and you'll be like, "Wait, what is this?" Right, sounds scientific. <laughs> yeah, and it's really just a replacement for soy sauce. So there's there's those ingredients you'll hear, and I recommend just looking up some recipes online and testing them out. Um, but they're not as bad as you would think. Definitely. Um, okay. So how do you feel like the cost differs of eating vegan? I honestly don't feel like there's much of a cost difference. And the reason being is I compare it to, um, you know, when I used to buy a carton of eggs and milk and meat all the time, or even some of the processed meats like frozen meats and things that I used to get or deli meat, all of that was the most expensive part of my grocery list to begin with. And so now that you know we're eating vegan, I'm able to shop mostly in the produce department, um, a lot in bulk foods. So a lot of nuts and seeds I, I get now. And, um, you know, some days I'll splurge for the vegan cheeses, which mm-hmm. can be oh so delicious. Yeah. Um, and, and overall, though, shopping that way and limiting my limiting my animal products, it it really reduced the cost. And so I'm able to spend more on the produce and whatever else I needed. Yeah, it's I think that um, a lot of people when they're sort of and I don't mean this in like an offensive way, but when people are like making excuses, because I think it's it's a thing. It's a scary thing to like make the switch. And so I know like for me, there was a lot of excuse making before I switched like, I don't want to stop eating cheese, but (laughs) (laughs) which now I like don't even crave cheese at all. Exactly. But like, I think cost is one of those big like things that people say. And I I definitely feel like I eat cheaper now Mm -hmm. than I did before. Cause like you were saying, like those cheeses and fake meats can be the expensive parts, but when you're actually eating vegan food all the time, you're not really just eating those things. And if you're eating animal products, you also shouldn't just be eating meat and cheese. Exactly. <laughs> so that's that's not going to be the main part of your grocery list. And if it is, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Like it's so funny when people are. I think I sent you like a meme about it when people mm-hmm. are like, I've never had vegan and food, and it's like, really, you've never had spaghetti or an apple? An apple. <laughs> I'm sure you've had something vegan at one point. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, so I think that's like a kind of just like a misconception people have. Um, what are some other misconceptions you think people have about um, just like a vegan diet? The two big things that I hear the most are lack of protein, um, which definitely is not happening with the amount yeah. of beans. And well, we make our own seitan here, which for those of you who don't know, it's... Um, an alternative meat made out of vital wheat gluten. So if you're gluten intolerant, sorry, you can't have that one either. Mm-hmm. But it is um, delicious and it slices like meat or deli meat. And it's um, it's a good replacement. So anyway, with all those, all the alternatives that we eat, whether it be actually plants or some of the processed ones that we make, um, we definitely get pl- plenty of protein. And 
I, um, because I'm focused on weight loss as well, I do track what I eat a lot of the time. And a lot of days I find that I'm actually over my target for protein anyway. And I have to remind myself to cut back some. But then the other common misconception is that we eat salads for every meal, which if you've listened so far in this podcast, you can tell that's not the case. Never. I don't, I don't eat salads often. I have salads at least maybe once a day. I used to not. Your but salads look good though. Yeah. If you want to check out my salads, I have those on my Instagram page. Shameless plug yes. there. Yes. Actually too, another thing I tell people when they object about protein is that it's actually just as bad or maybe worse to have too much protein than not enough. Exactly. It can cause health problems too. So. Yep. And you can do your research on that and check that for us if you want. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, okay. But in that same note about the protein and the vitamins and everything, like in terms of raising a child vegan, is there anything that you are going to do differently or is there anything, any concerns or anything you would say to people who like have those concerns? Yes, there, this is a common question I have. I didn't get this as much until I was pregnant is, are you going to raise your child vegan? Aren't you concerned that they're not going to get the um, nutrients that they need from their food? And my first point really is anyone can be malnourished, whether you're eating an omnivore diet or if you're vegan. Um, and that's something that's not focused on as much if you do eat um, animal products. So really, it's just being conscious about where your nutrients come from. So everyone's raised who eats meat that you know meat has protein. So you focus on those or dairy has calcium. So you focus on those. So really, you just need to learn where your nutrients come from and make sure you're getting those plants on a regular basis. Um, but actually, one thing that I'm glad you asked about this is because the American Dietetic Association actually supports a vegan diet. And if you don't mind, mm. I have a quote to read. Yes, read away. Okay, so it says, a well-planned vegan, lacto-vegetarian, and lacto-ovo-vegetarian diets are appropriate and they satisfy the nutrient needs and promote normal stages of growth at all cycles of life, including pregnancy, lactation, infancy, and childhood. So I think that this is important is a lot of what you may see online with these news articles of, you know, parents going to jail and mm. kids being malnourished because they're raising kids vegan. Um, it goes back to that point of anyone can be malnourished if you're not paying attention to your diet. Um, but if you know where things are coming from, you can live a healthy life. Yeah, and also I feel like just listening to your body, which I mean, obviously you can't listen to your child's body, <laughs> but you know, so I think for me, like with Oliver, I'll, I'll be more uh, vigilant, I guess, you know, to make sure he has a little bit of all the right stuff and taking vitamins if needed and things like that. But like for me, ever since switching, I actually have like way more energy and um, like I just feel like my body has gone to like a comfortable weight you know mm -hmm. everybody kind of has like what they call like your set weight you know about this exactly so I mean for me I actually like felt most comfortable where I am now before I was pregnant and then I I I had gained weight before I was pregnant and I'm back down to my happiest you know and it's not just about like this is how I look it's about like physically I feel like my body is functioning right 
And I think that, like, so now if I have a little bit of, like, cheese or something, it I can tell, like, this isn't, like, how your body's supposed to feel. Whereas before, I couldn't, I probably wouldn't have known if I was, like, deficient in anything. Mm-hmm. But, like, I was actually severely vitamin D deficient before, and I had no idea. So now it's so much easier to, like, to, for me to tell. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's one thing with listening to your body. Um, when I first went vegan, I started craving foods that I never liked before. So I, <laughs> one good example of this is I craved mushrooms and I absolutely had hated mushrooms up until that point. And I don't know why I was craving them. And so I was including them in a lot of my meals and eating them regularly. And I found out that like Lauren, I was vitamin D deficient, but I was actually deficient before I went vegan as well. But I was craving mushrooms because they have a higher amount of vitamin D where the mushrooms I was craving did. And so eating more of those allowed me to get that into my diet. So if really you listen to your cravings, you're able to sometimes figure out what nutrients your body needs. And also, you know, with what Lauren said about her feeling her best, my husband, who really went from a heavy meat and dairy diet Um, really switched this summer. He was having a hard time with blood pressure and his digestive system. And he decided to um, go on a juice fast for a while and then eat plant-based and then go back to eating meat and dairy. (laughs) But he never fully did. So right now he's about 98% plant-based, I would say. But the biggest thing is his digestive system really healed itself. He doesn't have a lot of the issues he had before. And like Lauren said, if he eats dairy now, he really sees how it affected his body. And he knows now that it affected it the same way back then. He just ignored it because he thought, oh, I just have a bad digestive system and didn't associate it with those foods that he was eating. Yeah, that's it's crazy how that how like out of tune we can be until you really think about it. And also, it's kind of weird to me that people are just concerned that you're not giving your child dairy because I'm like, dairy isn't ours. Like, even if, even when I was still like consuming cheese, I was never drinking milk to be clear. (laughs) I'm lactose intolerant. Um, But even when I was like eating cheese sometimes, like I still never felt like, like, why are we drinking a cow's breast milk? Yes. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm not really making pizza out of my breast milk. Although... Stay tuned to Caroline's YouTube account. Yes, we may be we may be experimenting with our breast milk at some point, and I know that may sound gross, but think about what what you're eating. I I was talking about my son teething with my mom, and I was saying you know I was going to try some breast milk popsicles for him just to help him have something frozen that he can eat that would help his teething pain. And my mom freaked out at the thought of a breast milk popsicle, and then I mm. stopped her and I was like, "But you'll eat popsicles with cow breast milk." milk for calves, not for humans. And I said, the the milk I'm talking about is actually designed for humans. And it she paused for a while and had to assess that. And I think it still grosses her out, but it is just something to be aware of is that we think of cow's milk as something made for humans. And it's not. And it's not. Yes. That's a really like, once I started thinking of it that way, I'm like, it's actually just kind of gross to me that they yeah. like... You know, I don't want to drink anyone else's breast. I don't yeah. want to drink your breast milk, Caroline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it definitely stopped me from craving cow's milk or goat milk or goat cheese or anything like that is because it's not my, it's not breast milk. It's not my breast milk. Um, and 
Granted, I'm not sitting here drinking a bottle, but it's it's made for you. But yeah, so it's not like I'm not saying it to be like a judgment to anyone. Oh, exactly. It's just that's how I look at it, or that's how I feel about it. <laughs> well, it's kind of like I said before. Once I realized what it was I was doing, I, I can't go back. Um, yeah. Especially once you're breastfeeding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That made the biggest difference. Is breastfeeding my son? I look at. Um, cows in a different sense, you know, they're nursing their calves and, you know, their calves aren't getting the milk that we were drinking. Yeah. Or I was drinking since Lauren hadn't. Yeah. Um, one thing I think you and I might have differently is that I have been like giving Oliver certain things on occasion. Um, so like, my thoughts are I just really don't want him to have like an allergy, which I mean, it, I don't have any opinion about like n- you not wanting to give him things, you know? Mm-hmm. But to me, like whenever I realized like he could get an egg allergy, I was like, well, I guess he should have an egg on occasion, but I didn't buy any for me and I didn't buy any just for him. But um, like Seth will eat eggs still. So I just, when, Seth is making himself an egg. I'll tell him to go ahead and scramble one for Oliver, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Just on occasion so that he gets that. And then I'm kind of the same way. Like, I don't buy any type of milk at all. But if we're on a play date and the other little kids have yogurt puffs, I'll let him have one or two. And then in terms of, like, meat, I don't give him any. But if Seth has it, I will let him... I'll let Seth give him a bite. So it's kind of like I'm raising Ollie vegan and Seth isn't almost. I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> and that's that's something that's really different for all vegan parents. I feel like we're all at a different level and that that's okay. Obviously, there's no judgment between us on how we're raising our own kids. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I guess my view on not giving my son any... Um, is really that I want him to be able to make the decision in the future. So, I mean, I've heard a lot of people say that they feel like I'm withholding all of these things from my child when really (laughs) thinking about it a different way is he can choose to have them in the future if he wants to have them. I want him to be able to make his own decision on his health, just how I have. However, um, while he still is not fully conscious of what he's eating or what he's doing and not educated on that, not really able to be, um, I am going to make the decision that I feel like is best for his health. But I also don't want him to want to be vegan in the future and feel like I gave him something that he didn't want. And so that's, that's kind of why I'm doing that. Allergies though, it is a really good point. And that's something I haven't thought about as much because I have an an allergic reaction to fish um, for anaphylactic shock. And so I, I definitely am familiar with yeah. food allergies and how severe they can be. And it's scary. Um, it is scary. And I know that that is something there, there are studies that go both ways on how allergies are developed. Mine, I ate fish growing up as a kid all the time and mine developed right before high school. So it, it really not having conclusive evidence fully both ways. It's just hard. So I'm just, I'm just doing it this way. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. There's still a lot of stuff I think we don't know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we we are definitely uneducated on a lot of things and can't um, because the studies aren't there yet. So we just have to do what we find best. Yeah. And it's kind of like one thing I've seen parents say in terms of that 
whole like you're making the decision for your kid or you're forcing your beliefs on your kid or whatever. I've seen parents say that if I gave them meat, I would be forcing that belief on their kid. Like it's my job to choose my child's nutrition. Like, I mean, I'm not going to let them – like I'm making the decision not to let them eat ice cream all day every day. So how is it really any different (laughs) from that? (laughs) I agree. It's like if my son sees something that he wants to eat, I mean, he could see cat poop in the litter box and (laughs) want to eat that. But I know that that's bad for his health and I'm not going to let him make that decision. So you really have to think you can't listen to your child on everything until really they know what's going on. And so we have to make the decision that, that we need to make. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also when you said something about like people feeling like you're not giving him something or that you're withholding from him, I really feel like people don't think of it this way, but I feel like that's something a real really maybe this is gonna get a little hippie ish, I guess. <laughs> but that's I feel, okay with me. <laughs> but I feel like that's coming from like a place of privilege in my mind. I'm not better or more important than like a cow or a pig. So for me to say that Oliver just deserves to drink another animal's breast milk, I think that's very, like, I don't want to say, like, what it's entitled, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's funny because Lorna and I have both heard in our lives that we're being entitled for making the decision for being vegan. <laughs> right. And it, it really, that's everyone's point of view. I mean, you can, you can go either way on that, but I don't, I, I really feel like every animal is entitled to their own autonomy. And when we are forcefully taking their lives or taking um, their bodily secretions, it's not something that they have a choice in. We're forcing that and separating them from their family and their children. Um, And that's, yeah, not something I want to participate in. Yeah, I think I saw like a meme once that said, I'm not vegan because I think I'm better than anyone. I'm vegan because I think I'm not better than anyone. Exactly. Exactly, because we're all we're all living things on this rock floating through space, <laughs> and um, definitely going hippie there. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, we're we're all equal, and you know, if we really want to take care of ourselves and the planet and every other living thing here, we need to realize that we are equal. Yeah, and then in also on the topic of like quote unquote, like missing out on things. (laughs) Um, I wanted to talk more about that too. So have you, what do you feel like, I know we talked about like the basics of that, but Mm -hmm. certain maybe things like birthday parties and, you know, like what if he's at a birthday party with cake and he can't eat the cake or his own birthday or, you know, just those type of events. What's your thoughts? Well, what I've thought, um, and I've discussed with other vegan parents as well as, For one, for my son's turning one in a couple of months, and we are going to have completely vegan food there. Um, You know, people are coming to our party and they can choose to eat that. And if they want to bring what they want to bring, then that's perfectly fine. We won't ban them from bringing outside food or drinks. (laughs) Um, Okay. So when in, in regards to my son going to other birthday parties or going out with friends, if they go to a restaurant or anything like that, um, I you know, if I know that there's going to be cake there, I can make cupcakes or something similar that he can eat and that he can bring so he can still participate in and make extra for him to bring and share. Um, you know, if he, if it's Valentine's or Halloween with candy, I can make sure he has an excess of that, that he can share as well. So not only is he missing out on anything, he's able to share what he has. 
That's really nice. Also, can we just point out Sour Patch Kids are vegan? Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, like, there's plenty of, uh, you know, normal candy mm-hmm. and things and, like, just plenty of normal junk Oreos are vegan. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I know who would think Oreos with chocolate and cream that it would be vegan, but it is. Right. And there's also, I'm a, I'm a big chocolate person. There are candy bars and um, things made from coconut milk, whether it's oh, yeah. like malted milk balls or caramels or things like that. You can still find a vegan replacement and that way they can still see that, hey, I'm eating chocolate and he's eating chocolate and that's okay. And I guess that like on the, because I kind of have the same thought that like if he goes to a birthday party and is not able to eat the cake there, which I mean, he wants to eat it, he can. Yeah. But like if he doesn't and he really wants to stick to no animal products, you know, I guess that there's probably some parents who would hear this and be like, I don't want to make a whole cake. Well, first of all, I do want to make a cake because whenever someone says the word cake, I want to eat (laughs) cake myself. (laughs) But also, um, I personally, to me, it's just not a big deal. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it not doesn't that much. take that much extra time or yeah. effort. Once you're in the habit of cooking things, you know, it's something that you can do. I, I definitely agree with that. And a lot of like box cakes mix, you can also make vegan mm-hmm. and you learn little tips. Like in place of eggs, I've been using aquafaba, which for anyone who doesn't know, that's that chickpea juice. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a good way to explain I know, it. sounds really gross. It's mm. the liquid from inside the can of chickpeas. Sweet bean you- juice. <laughs> You can also get it from just making your own um, beans from dry beans at home. You can use that liquid as eggs. Um, it whips like egg whites and other things. So you can definitely have easy, easy replacements. And some of them we actually like better um, oh, yeah. in our house. They cook better than some of the others. So we're really happy about that. That French toast I made. Have you tried it yet? No, I haven't. Aquafaba to. French toast is so good. And you know what's really cool about aquafaba is it's free. Yes, exactly. It's free with your beans. Already <laughs> using your chickpeas and you're not pouring it down the drain, you might as well use it. Yep. And and lots of things like that that are easy. A lot of cakes that I've made, I've literally been too lazy to look up like what proportions <laughs> I should change. So I really will just do equal amounts of whatever kind of non-dairy milk I have or equal parts of whatever non-dairy butter I have. And it has never not worked out for me. The worst that has happened is my cake's been crumbly and my milk will it's super moist, so it's fine. <laughs> yep. And now the best thing I find about making vegan baked goods, now that we're taking this really amazing tangent here, <laughs> is um, when I make cookies or cake or anything like that, as a kid, I was a big um, spoon licker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I really wanted the batter. And um, I had a great time with this recently. My mom was over and I was making a bunch of cookies and I offered her some of the batter and she hesitated thinking, oh, it's going to make me sick. And then she realized <laughs> there is no egg, nothing in this that could make her sick and she can eat raw batter and she just had the best time. (laughs) So we're definitely not missing out on the fun. Right. Definitely. I agree. And then even if it were to me, even if it were like, I do not feel like making an extra cake right now. Like even if it were extra work to me, it's still not a big enough point for me to you know, change my attitude about it. Mm-hmm. Or even if I didn't make the cake and he just had to miss out on birthday cake, I really just feel like tough luck. Like it's not, <laughs> you know, like I said, if he wants it, he can have it. But like, if, if that's what he wants to stick to and he doesn't get a cake at a party, I mean, it sounds sad in the moment, but when you, <laughs> when you think about like, what else are we doing that weekend? You know, yeah. like there's probably a lot of other fun, exciting things happening. And 
maybe we don't need to act like cake is the most important aspect of the day. Yeah. yeah. Well, the the other thing about that is, um, you know, you have to realize, as we brought up before, kids have food allergies and they're more prevalent than they used to be. So the kids who are allergic to peanut butter or um, tree nuts, I know families that are allergic to tree nuts, there's plenty of things you can be allergic to, whether it be dairy or anyway, anything. And so those kids that are allergic and go to those parties, a lot of the time they bring their own food as well and, and have those replacements for themselves. And it's no different than that. Granted, it's not necessarily an allergy in this case, um, but that's something that, you know, it's not out of the normal anymore. That is a good point. I didn't think about that. Um, so when Charlie gets older, what if he decides that he doesn't want to follow a vegan diet? Or if he's out and wants to order meat or something, what are your feelings? I think that that was kind of a good transition of topic there <laughs> because really I, I'm i going to raise my child age appropriately mind um, to be educated about where food comes from. So I'm going to raise him, you know, to know where all his fruits and vegetables come from, but at where meat and dairy and eggs come from. And over time, I can introduce him to, um, you know, the treatment of animals and things like that. I'm not going to torture him <laughs> as a really young kid and tell him all these horror stories. I want to take that really slowly and respectfully and explain that I used to eat those things and I made the transition because this is what I found. And I felt like, you know, I'm doing the right things and I want to treat the animals okay. And I, you know, knowing that he'll be educated in that way, I hope he'll make the same decision that I do and stay vegan. However, if he um, is old enough and wants to make that decision on his own, then that's something I'm going to let him do because I want to raise my child to have his own autonomy and to be able to make his own decisions. And granted, you know, he could, he could try those and automatically be like, nope, this is horrible. <laughs> I want to go back. Yeah. Um, but that's up to him. And I actually know one of my good friends, her coworker was raised vegan and she remembers as a kid, always seeing her friends at lunch, eat Lunchables. Mm. And she wanted one so bad that on a birthday party, all she asked her parents for was a Lunchable. That's all she wanted for her birthday. <laughs> and she remembers being so excited and opening the package and smelling everything and thinking everything was so exciting. And then she tried one bite and absolutely hated it and went back to being vegan. <laughs> and granted, I don't know what my son's going to do. However, you know, that is something to think about is, you know, they're eating this way for a long period of time that their tastes are not acclimated to that. And that may not be something that they're interested in at all once they try it. Yeah, like for me, um, I feel, I feel like a lot of us, the last meats we ate were really weird. Like <laughs> my, uh, I was eating like chicken and I didn't really enjoy it. But the only time, the only meats that I like actually wanted was uh, Chick-fil-A nuggets, <laughs> um, hot dogs, and occasionally salami. So, <laughs> See, that's pretty funny. Yeah, so now, so... For a while, I was like, veggie dogs sound nasty. No, thank you. <laughs> and then one of my friends was eating one, and she was like, they're so good. And I was like, okay, I trust you. So I ate one. And I have, like, a veggie dog addiction now. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, I just love veggie dogs. To me, like I said, it's been so long since I 
ate a real hot dog that maybe I'm wrong, but to me, it tastes exactly how I remember. Exactly. I feel the same way. And I don't know if it's just something in my head that it's like, oh, this has to taste like it. And, you know, non-vegans are like, really, you think that tastes like it? (laughs) Right. You know, for us not eating it for so long, it, we can't tell the difference anymore. I mean, we make cashew cheese, um, or cashew cheese products here, like cashew Alfredo or other things. Mm. And yes, it is so, (laughs) so good. And, you know, having that satisfying, creamy, salty cheese-like taste, it it satisfies that craving for me that it's not like I just want to go out and get regular Alfredo or something like that. Yeah, I feel that. And a lot of the, um, a lot of the things that are alternatives, like the hot dogs or the, um, other whatever meat products, I feel like they, some of them don't taste like veggie burgers. The only veggie burgers that taste the same make me gag, like the Beyond <laughs> or the No, it's the Impossible Burger. I tried. I I it, oh, I thought I it. You've had it. I tried a White Castle slider. Seth is so sweet. He brought me one home, and I had a bite, and I literally um almost had to fight gagging <laughs> because it, I thought like it. My mouth said to me like this is a burger. Yeah. Um, mentally, you're protesting what you're eating. <laughs> which I mean, I hadn't had a burger since I was I think five. I oh, had wow. a one McDonald's burger, and I can remember what it looked like and everything, and my mind went back there when I ate it. But like a normal veggie burgers, if you get one at a restaurant, like Mm -hmm. that they make it in house, it's like, they're not the same. They're like more like mushy ins, which I like, but the meats that like the hot dogs that are convincing to me, the big, the biggest difference is the texture is so much better. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if this is, I mean, this is gross, but in, (laughs) in normal hot dogs, I felt like sometimes I would get like a kind of like a hard bit or like a crunchy bit and veggie dogs don't do that yeah they're more they're more even all the way through (laughs) yeah it's funny because seth had some um frozen chicken nuggets in the freezer and then i had morningstar nuggets and he made himself his his chicken nuggets but he wanted one more than what he had so he also made a morningstar nugget and he was like you know these taste pretty much exactly the same (laughs) yeah well you have to realize a lot of the frozen you know meat products are highly processed and so a lot of the time it's easy to mimic the same textures and flavors um, by just processing what we have as well. But I do agree. I The first time I had the Impossible Burger, it was a really nice restaurant, um, I don't know, about 45 minutes from where I live. And my husband ordered it. I didn't. I was kind of weirded out by it. Yeah. And um, he had me take a bite and it was the strangest thing because it did look like an actual ground beef patty. Yeah. And um, getting past that, it was really good. And for people who are, um, you know, missing those products, especially when you first transition to being vegan, they can be a great alternative because you can have something that you would swear that it is meat, um, but it's not. Um, Granted, I won't go ordering that (laughs) when I'm there. I will take a bite of my husband's, but it's not something I crave because now it reminds me too much of an actual meat product. So, so yeah, I try to avoid that on my own, but it is good for people who want that. Yeah. So really like there's not much that they can probably feel like they're missing out on, in my opinion. Exactly. Cool. Cool. Well, um, was there, was there anything else on this specific vegan topic about parenting that you wanted to mention that I didn't ask? I feel like we covered a lot um, when it does come to nutrition. Um, 
the two nutrients that most vegans are deficient in are vitamin B12 and vitamin D. Um, granted, a lot of non-vegans are also deficient in those two. Yep. Um, so that is something to keep in mind. Um, but we do give vitamin D drops to my son, especially during winter, because we're not outside as much. Um, so we do give him those drops. But also, I'm still breastfeeding, so I do supplement on my own to make sure that he's not depleting my vitamins and nutrient stores. So I over supplement to make sure that I'm still giving him enough through my breast milk. So that is something important to keep in mind that if you are pregnant or nursing your child and raising your child vegan, especially when they start eating solids too, is when you're still introducing those solids and you're having a child who only wants to eat bread or <laughs> berries or whatever yeah. it may be, that it can be important to supplement for a while just to make sure they're getting the nutrients. But that's just like you would do with any child. If they're being a really picky eater, not eating, you still need to make sure that they get what they need. So if you are unsure if you're getting the nutrients with that, um, you can look online for a bunch of resources or talk to your doctor about some good supplements to give them. But that can definitely help. Awesome. Um, so for any adults who are looking to make the transition themselves to uh, veganism or to cut down their consumption, do you have some advice, some pro tips? Well, for me, as I said before, uh, jumping in full force can work for some people, but for me, I overwhelmed myself. So I recommend um, taking it slow if you need to take it slow, finding resources online um, uh, and some, some, some vegan support groups in a way. Yeah. And so that way you can find some really delicious recipes. Instagram is a really great place to look. A lot of people will post free recipes there and just um, introduce you to different things. And that way you're not just eating the same thing every day. Um, because once you first go vegan, if you find something you like, you typically will eat that for weeks <laughs> in a row. Yeah. Um, so it's nice to get a variety and to see, um, but that's the biggest thing is, is to do that. And then when you're feeling really discouraged or really craving something, just reminding yourself about why you went vegan in the first place. And, um, I guess the last tip is, you know, for all of the flack you may get for choosing to go vegan, all the people saying, well, you can't do that. Well, that's ridiculous. Well, why do you just want to eat plants and really trying to guilt trip you and make you feel bad? Just know that even if you're not surrounded by vegans or people with the same lifestyle, doesn't mean that you can't do it yourself. And the more steps you take to better your life and to feel better, you may encourage others to do the same. So really just stick with it and do what you feel is right and don't give in to any of the peer pressure otherwise. <laughs> yes. Yeah, really good. Um, I I didn't prep this, but do you have a favorite cookbook you want to mention? Well, it's appropriate for swearing mamas. Yes. <laughs> um, we uh one of our favorite cookbooks is called The Kitchen. And they actually have it um, or have a website and they have party cookbooks as well. But if you like swearing and you like <laughs> cooking and you like vegan food, it's the perfect book because honestly, I could just sit there and read the recipes and crack up all day because <laughs> um, they're very entertaining. They use wonderful profane language and um, they have great recipes. So definitely check it out. 
Yeah, my first was the vegan stoner cookbook. Yeah. Which is <laughs> it's not weed recipes. No. In case anyone thought it so. It's like it, but it's it not. does, but it's like munchy recipes. But uh they do have delicious recipes in there. Yeah, though. and they're all really easy. My favorite thing about that, I think it's really good for people starting out, is because they almost never use any measurements. It'll say, uh, grab a handful of spinach, uh, stir about this much of whatever. And, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't have a recipe planned when I started this, this sentence. But um, <laughs> you don't need to be perfect either. Lauren and I made brunch here, I don't know, a couple of hours ago. And nom, nom. Yeah, so, so good. <laughs> but we were, <laughs> she was, she'd be like, well, how much salt does it need to go? And then she would say a measurement. And I, I just was like, oh, I think that's about it. And just crank yep. it in. And, you know, we don't really measure once you really get used to the flavors and cooking certain things, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to follow the book every time. Don't stress out. Just wing it and it'll taste good. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Last thing. Um, so each week on our show, we've been sharing like a, a tip or we still haven't properly titled this segment if it's mom tips of the week. I don't know. But, uh, you know, it'll just be like a piece of advice or something you've learned or if there's like a real, a product you like a lot. Um, so what is something you've discovered that you would like to share with our listeners? So kind of transitioning this out of a vegan tip, um, I am a big fan of the outdoors and my son who, even when he was a newborn, would get upset. We could take him outside and he would really calm down. Um, I like to go on a lot of hikes. And so we do have um, a backpack that I got for Christmas and it's an Osprey Poco AG. I'll have Lauren link. Yes. Link this. um, So that way y'all can actually see what I'm talking about. But it's a carrying pack for a child. It has um, enough space in the bottom to put any extra diapers or anything you need, snacks, whatever, and plenty of other pockets as well. Um, but honestly, we can just pop my son in it and put it on my back and I can carry him on a hike. He absolutely loves it. Um, if I take him off of my back, he gets upset. So <laughs> he just prefers if I just continue hiking and put him on. So I just have to push through. But it's been one of the best things for me because I can get out and not worry about carrying him in a front pack or anything that really causes my back to hurt. So it really helps me keep upright and balanced and comfortable on a hike. And I can get my son out as well. Definitely recommend it if you're looking for one. Awesome. I'm excited for our hike. Oh yeah. To tag on to that. I was just remembering Caroline had the coolest. What do you call that thing that you let me use one for Oliver? The changing mat. Oh, yes. Oh, it is great. Well, see, our son isn't as much of a squirmer as hers <laughs> is, um, but there is a changing mat. I don't know what it's called, so I'll have to look that up. But basically, it's a mat that has, you think of like those tubes you put on a dog's head so they don't- <laughs> Cone of shame. Yeah, the cone of shame <laughs> so if they don't bite themselves or whatever. Um, it kind of does that for kids' arms, so it creates this cone where their arms and head are in the top and you can even attach toys to it and let them play. But that way they're not fiddling with their diaper and can't really roll away as easily. So I'm glad it's working well for you. Thank you for bringing that back up. Yes. One of the coolest, if you are about to have a baby or a little, or if you have a little baby, you should get that. There'll never be poopy hands again. Yes. Definitely recommend it. And if your kid's not squirmy, you can give it to a friend who's it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us. There's so much great information today. 
Um, everybody, don't forget to head over to Caroline's YouTube and Instagram and Facebook and like and subscribe and follow and stalk. Yes, thank you. Stalking, a uh, <laughs> little pushing it, but I mean, hey, that only, each his own. Only I can stalk you. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but in the future, I will have Lauren on my YouTube channel. We're going to do something Ooh. similar there. So um, feel free to check that out. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good week.